You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how much we're going to get to today, but boy, oh, boy, do we have a lot to discuss off and running on this Monday, November 16th, I think. I'm pretty confident with that. Hey there, you. How you doing? How was your weekend? It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Among the things we need to discuss, we have all the football to break down from Week 10. We have uh, James Harden. Is he headed to Brooklyn? Could that actually happen? We have to recap the Regal Tumble from Friday, set you up for day number 21 in the battle for television supremacy. Plus, if it were just simply up to me, about what has gotten me the most worked up over the last eh, 42, 72 hours. There is an article in the Post today from Mark Berman on the Knicks that if any of it is actually true about how the Knicks are thinking, it might be the most depressing thing I have ever heard of in my life. It's almost like, again, if true, it's almost like the Knicks are upset that the Jets are infringing on their turf as the biggest laughing stock in town. And they were saying to themselves, well, we'll see about that. All of a sudden, the Jets think they're the laughing stock. Watch what we do now. So is that a show? It sounds like a show. So let's see how much of it we can actually squeeze in in the next next 60 minutes. Of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Dammer, and that's where the voting on the Regal Tumble will come today. But that's a little bit later on. Let's start with the Giants, because finally, the New York football Giants beat someone other than Washington football team. So let's hear it. Let's hear it for the boys, huh? Congratulations to the Giants. Not only beat someone other than Washington football team, they beat the Eagles for the first time in four years. Not since Ben, it was Ben McAdoo's first season, right? That, I mean, that is a long time ago. Yes! Not just for Gordon Damer Show, Michael K. Show Trivia Champion. No, that belongs for the New York Giants because it feels, it feels like a different day, right? Beat the Eagles yesterday, 27-17, very much alive in the race for the NFC East. As much as there is a race for the NFC East, because it's the NFC East, right? And I think when you look at the Giants' performance yesterday, I think that the, the optimism surrounding the team is, is separated into two different things. And one of them I can completely understand and I'm completely on board with. The other one, uh, I don't know. Look, you'll take it, but I don't know if it's that much of a focus for me. To me, the two separate things are A, the coach, and B, the actual division race. Both are important, but I think the first one way more so than the other one. As I've pointed out a thousand times over, Joe Judge took over what could have been almost an impossible situation for most. And if he had failed, not that he would have failed in the first year. I think everybody was willing to give him a little bit of a pass, myself more so than others. I said I was not really going to judge him on anything too harshly in this first season because of the obstacles that he walked into and had to overcome. Bad team. An unproven quarterback with a lot of questions, a lack of talent on both sides of the football, a GM who I don't really think knows all that well what he's doing, plus the fact that Judge is a first-time head coach and doing so in the most unique season in the NFL. But so far, you would have to say that Joe Judge has been fantastic. 
He's given no excuses. The team has given no excuses. They have played hard every single week, even up against clearly uh, better teams. They've been in every game. He's got guys buying in, which is easy to do early on, easy to do when you take the job maybe. But when you're 1-7 and seven, and you're looking at the, the landscape of the world and you look at where you've been and where you are at to keep guys buying in, I think it becomes tougher and tougher. But he has absolutely done that. And you can see the progress in all aspects of the team. Like when you take a look at the actual team, not the wins and the losses, because again, three and seven is nothing to write home about, and it's really only the fact that they're playing in the NFC East that three and seven is even really noteworthy at all in a positive sense. But you can see the progress in all aspects of the team week in and week out. The offensive line with three rookies, which for a bad offensive line, which has been for, you know, forever it feels like, for those three rookies to be playing as well. Now, is it, is it perfect? Is it, is it really, really good? No, I don't think it's really, really good yet. But you can definitely see the progress from where it was and kind of imagine where it could be here by you know the end of this season and then going into next season. The defense, really since the start of the season, a defense that had a lot of qu- – I mean, they were awful last year, and they have been great so far. They, well, my, great might be a bit strong, but they've been in every game this year. They've covered for their weaknesses in the secondary pretty well, uh, and they're in every single game. So you'd have to give them credit there, and you'd have to give the coach credit there. And the quarterback – Right? How much conversations do we focus on the quarterback for a second straight week, no turnovers? And that's what you've needed to see, right? After that Buccaneers game, you're saying to yourself, it's not just that he's having turnovers. It's not just that these things keep popping up. There's been no progress at all. He hasn't even had a stretch where you say, all right, he's had three or four games where he's not, you know, almost killed you in these games or made baffling decisions. Now, at least the last two weeks. Now, it's only two weeks. You're hoping for more of it. But at least you have some signs of progress. Another area where I think the coach gets credit for, the quarterback does too, but I think the coaching staff and the head coach get credit for where you needed to see some progress and you've gotten some progress. The coaching staff putting guys in position, special teams, the return game yesterday, the kicker has been great. So, look, there's not usually a sense of optimism surrounding a 3-7 and team. And I think at least part of that optimism is because of the division. For me, it would be more about the way the team is playing. Not necessarily wins and losses, but the progress you see in almost every single aspect of the team. The Giants have tons of questions uh, just over the rest of this season, going into beyond this season, but it does feel like for the first time in a long while, none of those questions are, do we have the right head coach? And really, the last you know couple of years here, last three years, it's been clear you didn't have the right head coach and you were going to have to go find a, a head coach. And where are you going to find that guy? And, uh, and is he going to be the right fit for this team? I think that Joe Judge has obviously, at least so far, knocked that out of the park and has you alive in what is a very bad uh, division. Now, in terms of the quarterback, I think he deserves some credit too. The whole should the Giants take a quarterback conversation, that was going to go away anyway, and I've been saying that for weeks because it's been clear for a while the Giants were not going to be picking second in the draft, right? When they were 0-5 or 0-4 or whatever they were, and even when they were 1-7, you can envision a scenario where you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance they're going to be picking second in the draft. But you've been watching them week in and week out. It's been pretty clear that they were going to win some games, and now you have to, you know, it's almost like you look at the schedule – 
and maybe I've watched too much election coverage to uh, and it's starting to filter into my brain. But it's almost like where there's a state where it's clearly one side or the other. And then all of a sudden it starts to move into the, um, you know, the uh, the category of a toss up. There's some games in the Giants schedule that maybe you thought before that's clearly a loss. Maybe they're starting to filter a little bit into maybe this is a toss up kind of category. So I'm not ready to have the same conviction of the quarterback that I have on the coach. But yesterday was clearly his best game of the season and one of the better games of his career, right? You get the touchdown on the opening drive. You're up 14-3 after two drives, which it seems like the Giants have 10-point leads every single week. But then second half, Eagles score on their opening drive of the second half. Giants come right back at another score. And you realize when the Eagles came out in that second half, you know, there's no game that the Giants are out of, but there's no game really that they just all, you know, they just wipe the floor with the other team. So you knew it was going to get closer at some point. And while you would like to maybe been able to uh, that penalty on the Jones second touchdown, it seemed like, I mean, they could have let that one go by. Uh, feel like a very ticky tack call. You would have liked to been able to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. You settled for two field goals, but look, um, the quarterback did what he had to do. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he didn't turn the ball over. And that's really the key. And I didn't feel like yesterday was like some of these games here, the last couple of weeks where they were really, you know, um, really protecting him and making sure he didn't, he had some throws yesterday and made some plays and he made them right. Like it's all well and good for the, 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 you know, whatever they call, but he had that, that pass to Slayton. He had another one to uh, Sterling Shepard where I thought, you know, that was taking some shots where you had to take some shots. You still kept it a little conservative. Uh, and I think that that's the right thing to do when the quarterback is having as many turnover issues as he's had, but no fumbles, no interceptions. So uh, the quarterback gets some credit. Now, the other conversation and look, I'm all on board for the, you know, the Joe Judge credit and everything else. So that's all well and good. But the winning the division conversation is really not that important to me. To me, winning the NFC East or not is not as important to the fact that you have the coach and he's the right guy. Now, look, you never turn up your nose at a playoff spot, and if it comes down to it, you don't turn it down. Clearly, it doesn't matter if you have five wins, six wins, whatever it will take. But it will largely be because the other teams stink in your division, and for whatever reason, you're a little less stinky, right? Like, if you were playing in any other division at three and seven, there would be no conversations about winning the division. And I don't know, maybe I just hold the Giants to a higher standard, you know, simply sneaking into the playoffs with six wins. Again, you're not going to turn it down. But that's the type of thing that, like, would be exciting to the Lions or, you know, to the Browns or to the Jets. That's something that they their fan bases would uh, get excited about. If I were a Giant fan and had seen actual accomplishments, again, you're not going to turn it down. But it's not the type of thing where I'm like, oh, man, we're going to wrap up the NFC. You know, I don't know. Uh, It's just not something that would get me all that fired up. The coach, absolutely. And there's no question the division is there to be won. Right, You still have to kind of twist and turn to make it work because even now you're still behind the Eagles in the standings and they still have two division games left, whereas you only have one. But uh, I would say if you look at the Giants' schedule, clearly the Bengals' game is a game you have to win. The Cowboys' game is a game you have to win. And then that Browns' game, that's certainly in the toss-up category. Is there any other in the toss-up category? Maybe the Seahawks. Seahawks have certainly not looked great the last couple of weeks. And uh, your defense does seem to be able to hold their own against 
good quarterbacks, right? You've made some good quarterbacks so far this year. Brady did not look all that comfortable against you, so maybe you can do the same type of thing with uh, Russell Wilson. Maybe it's just the optimism of the Giants actually beating somebody other than Washington football team that's starting to seep into my brain. But I do think that there's reason for some optimism. But for me, it would be much more about the coach and the long term rather than the division and the short term. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And uh, I think you also have to have a conversation today about, man, what a mess the Eagles are, right? I mean, wow, they look terrible yesterday. You would figure, right? Here you go. You're coming off the bye week. You're healthier than you've been the quarterback has not looked good, but now he's got some weapons back. And then yesterday, the quarterback looks awful. Um, you were coming off your bye week. You look like you were sleepwalking, at least in the first half for sure. And, you know, week nine, week 10, week 11, those are the time where you're supposed to be trending in the right direction. And the Eagles were 0 for 9 on third downs and committed 11 penalties. And uh, Doug Peterson, boy, he had some some questionable decisions in that game. The, the going for it on fourth and 10 from the Giants, 36, with like five and change to play. Uh, the two-point conversion down four, uh, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Putting uh, Jalen Hurts in in situations, I don't know. Just seems like they are an absolute mess right now. And while you would say, it, clearly the math tells you the Eagles are in front, it does kind of feel like the, the Giants are, are right nipping on their heels and, and going to overtake them here before too long. But... I guess, uh, again, that might be the optimism of just finally winning a game, an important game in November, maybe overtaking me a little bit. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So if you want to get into the giant conversation, we will do that coming up. we got to get into the regal tumble because shocking developments on Friday. Maybe not that shocking, but and this is going to be a week. I think that everybody is going to look at the top three and say, well, this is going to be a top three for a while. These two, especially the Sopranos, Seinfeld, they're not going anywhere. This week will almost uh, certainly shake things up in the top three. And is today the day where a major contender joins the fray? We will find out. Hey, the Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today at 3 p.m. because that's what time their show's on. Be listening for your chance at 20 great prizes over 20 days to make your home life a little more enjoyable for today. The guys are giving away the Bartesian, a home cocktail maker that automatically draws from your chosen spirits and dispenses a premium cocktail at the touch of a button in seconds. It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richard and Son, Kansas City Steak, the Bartesian premium cocktails on demand and uh, 98.7 FM ESPN New York. All right, so... It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. We're talking about the Giants. And for me, the, the main takeaway of yesterday, I guess it's kind of been building this way, is that for me, the optimism surrounding the Giants, if I were a Giant fan, would be about the coach and moving forward. It's not so much about the division. And I would simply ask you this, Giant fans. If I, I can give you this deal, you win the, the NFC East. You get six wins. You win the NFC East this year, but the devil's compromise is that Dave Gettleman is back, gets a new contract extension, and remains the general manager. Did you win that deal? Is that something that you would accept? Is that something you'd be excited about? I'm giving you the NFC East, right? And that's why, to me, winning the <laughs> NFC East, yeah, is not as big a deal to me as the optimism I have surrounding the coach. Now, look, you might not win the NFC East, 
and Dave Gettleman might be back anyway. That's also a possibility that I have to raise. But I would just simply say, if it's a question, you know, moving forward, the Giants are an organization. And if you're a fan of the Giants, you have witnessed, almost certainly, unless you're like 10 years old, you have witnessed actual accomplishment. You're not one of these, you know, dreg organizations that just, you know, takes any type of success and, and touts it from the mountaintops. No, you are, you're an organization that has experienced true success. So to get worked up over winning six games and winning the NFC East, I would think wouldn't really matter all that much to you. Look, you take it, right? I'm not saying you turn it down. You don't reject it. You say, oh, well, we won the No, we don't want it. You know, it's like some bowl game that you'd, ah, we don't want that bowl, right? The point set a bowl, nah, we're good on that. Um, so you take it, but I just wonder if you would make that deal, though. Win six games, because if you win six, you got to think you're probably going to win the NFC East. Right? I mean, six games, that's the... You're running away with things, right? You're a juggernaut in the NFCs where you win six games. Where the division so far, all the teams, all four teams have won 10 games and eight of them have been against each other. All right, but it is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Um, But we have to get to the Regal Tumble because if I don't do it now, we're not going to be able to squeeze it in. Friday, I will just say, we lost one of the true greats. And as we head into day number 21, I do want to look back on day 20. Because day 20 friends became part of the mix. And for whatever reason, I just simply say, well, the reason is you people don't have any taste. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, the beauty of this competition to find the greatest television show of all time is it's a brilliant idea. And I came up with the idea. But then I turned it over to you for the nominations, for the voting. And simply, I would have to say the majority of you, not all of you. But the majority of you have screwed it up. You've taken this beautiful gift that I have turned over to you, and uh, you've thrown it in the trash by voting out The Wire. By all accounts, anyone who ever has had eyes and has watched The Wire could tell you it's one of the greatest television shows of all time. The fact that it is out already after a very short run in the regal tumble is, uh, is nauseating. And this would be looking back, like looking back and finding out that in your lifetime, and you know, you had a chance to, uh, as a kid maybe, you had a chance to, uh, you know, pick out an album from the store, right? Your, your parents take you to the music store, and they say you can buy any album you want. And instead of buying like Led Zeppelin, you bought like Andy Gibb. You know what I mean? I, I just don't know how you all sleep at night. But that's not up to me to judge, right? Well, actually, it is up to me to judge you, not the content, uh, not the contest per se. But that's the way it goes. Again, I take no responsibility for the selections or the voting. That is on you, and you have clearly screwed it up. So as we head into day number 21, as I shift blame and uh, look for other people to blame on this thing, the three shows returning that we know in the ring currently are, of course, The Sopranos. Of course, the juggernaut that is The Sopranos have not really been challenged at all And uh, they're one of the heavyweights. We knew when they came in, they would probably be there at the end, although we don't know that for sure, because this week is going to be a wild week. We also, of course, have still Seinfeld, also very strong numbers so far. I thought maybe Friends would kind of knock into the Seinfeld voting block, but not so far. And then, of course, the third show returning. Which one of these is not like the others? Is friends. Yeah, so you have those three in the ring. And as I said, this week will almost certainly shake things up in the top three. Is today the day 
that a major contender joins the fray? Well, let's hit the countdown and find out. That would be I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy. Again, the Gordon Damer Show bears no responsibility. This is not, I did not put this in there. You people did. And I would simply say, to make the case for I Love Lucy, as uh, it joins the, I mean, very, very old, to be putting someone at that age in the ring is probably dangerous. It's always airing someplace, right? It aired for six seasons, and they did 180 episodes. So that is a crazy amount of episodes in a short period of time. Now, it is easier to write episodes when basically every episode is the same thing. But still, um, I am a big fan of the Rolling Stone critic Alan Sepinwall, who a few years ago wrote a book uh, uh, called TV, The Book. And they listed the greatest 100 shows of all time. I Love Lucy, based on their metrics, came in at number eight. So, I mean, it's a top ten show of all time. It is, and people keep bringing up, you know, you're bringing up this show. What about the older shows? What about the Honeymooners? What about, you know, something before 1985? Well, here you go. Go out and vote and we shall see. I don't think that I Love Lucy stands much of a chance, but we'll see what the voting brings us today. So those are your four shows for the Regal Tumble. Again, day number 21. I Love Lucy is the entry today. You have Friends, Seinfeld, and The Sopranos. And, of course, we will recap everything, and you can follow everything on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, let's get to the NFL, because there was a lot of stuff that happened yesterday. And usually this segment is something that I, uh, you know, it's like the NFL whip-around segment that every show kind of does. I have nicknamed this segment What Gordon Watched, but really, it's What Gordon Bet On. I sit around in my basement by myself. I love NFL Sundays. I don't shower. I barely brush my teeth. I sit in my own filth in my pajamas all day long. And it's fantastic. And I got my phone. I got my iPad. I got my tweets. I got the, the every game. I got the Octobox on Sunday ticket. And it is phenomenal. And I have my FanDuel account. Now, yesterday wasn't really that active in the FanDuel account because after the Masters, which on Friday, oh, my God, did I look great with my Masters bets, the, the system that we went through on Friday, Ray. It was sensational. I was up and down that leaderboard. And then Dustin Johnson had to come along and ruin it. He was like the only main contender that I kind of shied away from because he's not been, uh, I don't know, he, he's dealt with the COVID, he's never won a Masters before, and then he had to go out there on Saturday and ruin everybody's fun. So I was not that active on FanDuel on Sunday, but let's run through some of the games that I did watch, or at least saw a good section of as I sat in my couch in my own filth. Uh, I would say the first game, and it was not the, the game that I spent the most time on, mainly because I did not need to have my head examined. But the Browns beat the Texans 10-7. And the big play in that game, and the one that everybody's talking about, is Nick Chubb running out of bounds, right? The Browns are leading 10-7, under a minute to play. Chubb breaks a run around the side, and down the sidelines he goes, right down to, like, the one-yard line. And um, he runs out of bounds, does not score the touchdown. And the announcers on the game, I think it was Matt Millen and Dick Stockton, but I'm not positive, uh, were talking about, wow, what a smart play that was. What a smart play. I don't know. Is it really that smart of a play? I think he could have scored the touchdown, got up 17-7 with less than a minute to play, and nobody would have blamed him for scoring the touchdown. Like, if you have a 10, if you can't hold a 10-point lead against the Texans with a minute to play, 
I, I don't know. Maybe coming back to the list of, of culprits of blame, I don't know if Nick Chubb, I don't think anybody anywhere would have said, you know what, the really where they screwed this up, Nick Chubb should have ran out of bounds at the one-yard line. And again, I did not bet this game, thank God, because if I had the Browns minus three and a half, minus four, whatever the line was at game time, and Nick Chubb would have done that, well, Nick Chubb would have had a sworn enemy. He would have had a nemesis for the rest of his life, and his name would have been Gordon Damer. So thank God I didn't do that. Secondly, another game I didn't watch that much of because I don't hate myself that much. I only hate myself a little bit. Uh, the Lions beat Washington 30-27. to Washington almost pulled off the ups. Lions were up 24-3. to And it, I looked up, and it was 27-all. And the only two words on my lips were Matt Patricia because I, it's amazing how the Lions are able to blow these leads. And remember when Matt Patricia got the job? And, and even before he got the job, everybody was talking about how he could have went to work at NASA. I don't think we're going to see any more of those articles uh, about him at NASA. I think his, his window of opportunity at NASA, much like his opportunity with the Lions, is just about shut. So that was not a game that I watched much of. The Packers and the Jaguars didn't watch much of that one either. But boy, were Jet fans excited, right? Jaguars if they win another game, I mean, the race for the number one pick, I think is already over because the Jaguars can't give back the one win they have. And I don't think the Jets are ever going to get one. But boy, Jet fans were excited seeing some of that, but uh, did not turn out to be. The Buccaneers, after scoring three points the week before, scored 46 yesterday and hammered the Panthers 46 to 23. So I watched a little bit of that game, but got off at one Early on, it looked like the Bucks were in a little bit uh, of trouble. I saw that um, Brady missed, was it Antonio Brown with a wide open, could have been like a 50-yard bomb, and he, he just threw it to the wrong spot. But Buccaneers get rolling, and they roll over the Panthers. And then obviously the games that everybody was talking about yesterday, or the game that everybody was talking about yesterday, was the Cardinals, 32-30 over the Bills. Josh Allen hits uh, Stephon Diggs, and you think, all right, 32 seconds, I think it was, 34 seconds left. Bills are going to be 8-2, and two. Uh, but uh, as has been pointed out many times, nobody circles the wagons like the Bills. They also apparently circle the wide receiver in the end zone because the uh, catch that was made by um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely ridiculous. Being able to leap, uh, and th- that is, a, that, uh, somebody brought it up, I don't remember who it was, that that was like a Nike ad, like just all the hands, and you just see Hopkins' gloves with the Nike swooshed, over all those hands, catching the ball, absolutely fantastic. Probably, I mean, in the conversation for NFL Player of the Year, I still think the, um, um, the uh, chase down of Buda Baker uh, in that Seahawks and uh, Cardinals game is probably uh, the better Player of the Year. But yesterday, that was incredible and kind of lost in it is just how ridiculous Kyler Murray's part of it is. I mean, he's a guy you can never get a clean shot of anyway, but the play that he makes to get out of the sack, to run around, running to the left, getting the ball, running to the left, throwing down the field with his right hand, and getting it not only down to the end zone, but getting it over the lineman who's running at him, jumping as Kyler Murray, as we all know, is about four foot eight. That is an incredible play, just an amazing play, one of the plays of the year, and an amazing win by Arizona. So. Tough loss for the Bills. Tough, tough loss for the Bills. But um, um, yeah, what are you going to do, right? I mean, you just lost to an absolutely incredible play. And uh, the call of that play by uh, Ian Eagle was fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, that was an incredible game. The Rams beating up the Seahawks yesterday the way they did, 23-16. That game was not that close. Russell Wilson got sacked six times. 
I, I thought it was a misprint because it felt like he got sacked about 50. Every time you looked at that game, it seemed like when the Seahawks had the ball, Russell Wilson was picking himself up off the ground. So it felt like he was uh, getting sacked a whole lot more than six times. And I think what you would say, I don't know that the Seahawks are necessarily in trouble. That division is very topsy-turvy. I think what you'd say from that performance yesterday was that Russell Wilson will not be the MVP. Uh, you can't have a game like that. And I'm not saying that it's all his fault. Uh, I, I don't think it is. But you can't have a – I mean, when you're the MVP, you never have a game like that. And he was terrible yesterday. Had a couple of interceptions, had a fumble, sacked six times. The MVP is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Maybe Kyler Murray, but I doubt it. The people who vote for MVP in the NFL are about the least creative people ever. It's like always obvious. And we're only at week 10 – by week 14, it will be even more obvious. And that's the thing. They don't vote on the MVP until after the year. So all the conversations you've heard so far have all been meaningless. It's almost certainly going to be Patrick Mahomes. And then the final game that I would talk about that I did watch a lot of, Dolphins beat the Chargers yesterday, 29-21 by Dolphins. Uh, Tua, another solid game, does not get flustered, does not panic, still has not thrown an interception, although there were a couple of passes yesterday. I don't know how they were not interception uh, intercepted. But the deci- I think what you would say about that is the decision to start 2-0 when the Dolphins and Brian Flores did, it was clearly the right one. It was clearly the right one because now you've won three games with him. You've won five games in a row overall, and you're right smack dab in the playoff chase. And I, look, I'll say this. The hype train is going to uh, hit hyperdrive, uh, much like Adam Gase's hyperdrive. Uh, the hype train, it's going to a little faster than the Jets hyperdrive, but the, the hype train is going to hit hyperdrive. I think it's important to keep things in perspective to not get carried away. That said, I fully expect the Dolphins in the Super Bowl this year. Wow, what a win! Beating the Chargers, even in those nice uniforms that the Chargers have. The Dolphins uniforms were better, and they were better. Wow, Tua. Oh, have I told you? I was always on the bandwagon. The seats are filling up on that bandwagon very, very quickly. We have two, but they're not together. Murray, out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray heaves it downfield. It is. It's caught. It is caught. DeAndre Hopkins. Miraculous. It's Murray magic. Perfect call. Absolutely perfect call of a perfect play. Ian Eagle, the call on CBS. Didn't fill it up with a bunch of words. Stood back. Let the pictures tell the story. And we're on radio, so maybe it's not the perfect call. But no, it's a perfect call. Fantastic one by Ian Eagle there. Your moment of inspiration on this uh, Monday morning and uh, really in the conversation for one of the plays of the year is the uh, Cardinals. One of my picks before the season to go to the playoffs. Boy, that helped out. Could he needed that yesterday and uh, got it. So uh, good job by them. Good job by Kyla Murray and Hopkins and everybody else. It is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York already today. We've broken down the giants win and what it means long-term to me. If I gave you the option giant fans of winning six games, winning the NFC East, but as part of that deal, Dave Gettleman will be back. will be back. I don't know if I would take that deal. I think that I would be okay landing wherever I land in terms of wins this year, even if it's only four wins, even if it's only five wins, or even if I get six wins and I don't win the division. Because I think that while there is optimism, and look, Dave Gettleman deserves the credit for finding the coach, 
Uh, I think that he's been here long enough. And one of the reasons why it's so surprising that the coach is having the success he is is because the GM has done such a bad job in terms of stockpiling talent. Uh, and, and Joe Judge has been able to overcome that lack of talent and has still had already a pretty successful rookie season, even though his team is only 3-7. and seven. And, and I think the reason for optimism that you have if you're a Giant fan is not because of the division, but because for the first time in a long time, it feels like, you know what, we got the guy at head coach. We got a lot of other things to do. I don't know about the quarterback. I don't know about this thing or that thing or where, you know, where do you find a pass rusher? Where do you find some talent on offense? Uh, you know, is the offensive line now all of a sudden fixed because of the three rookies moving forward? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. But one thing I don't think I really have a question about is the coach. The coach, it looks like you, you, you nailed that. So uh, that was the giant conversation. The Regal Tumble, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I love Lucy. For all the people who've been complaining, ah, you don't have any old-time shows. Well, you can't get much older than uh, I Love Lucy, and someone already has brought up, uh, you know, in terms of the Regal Tumble being like the Royal Rumble, that this would be like uh, Mae Young entering the Royal Rumble. But at least so far, look, I don't think anybody thinks I Love Lucy is going to go all the way, but if I Love Lucy knocks out a couple of shows here, that's a pretty impressive you know, performance by a show that came out in the 1950s. So we'll see how that uh, goes, but you can vote on that on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Chris is on Long Island. Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon, uh, quickly, um, I want to talk about the Giants, but uh, about the MVP of the league, I think you're really overlooking somebody who I think is going to get it. If the Steelers go 15-1 and and get the number one seed in that uh, conference, uh, it's got to be Roethlisberger because they didn't even make the playoffs last year. He's been the difference. And, you know, and if they go 15-1, and I think he's getting the MVP, Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's – look, he'll be in the conversation. I just know that we have all these conversations about all these things, and then it's always the most obvious guy. And at least so far, Mahomes, I think his stats are 25 touchdowns and one interception. And, (laughs) you know, if it's anywhere close to that, and the Chiefs go, you know, what we expect the Chiefs to go, they're going to give it to him. You're right. All right, so about the Giants. Listen, I would definitely take the bargain of uh, keeping – Gettleman, because let me say this about him. As you had a good analogy about the state switching and moving mm-hmm. from, you know, in blue to red, that's going to happen with Gettleman because if they win a division, they're 6 and 10. All right, so you got to look at it. It's obvious that Jones will obviously be playing better. He picked the quarterback. He, you know, he was held responsible for the coach. He got the, it seems like he's going to have the coach and the quarterback right, which is the most important thing. Other than that, you know, he has put talent out there. Like you said, the offensive line, he's Shane Lemieux he drafted. Um, the offensive line looks like it's heading in the right direction. Um, also, don't forget on defense, Blake Martinez he picked up. Absolutely. And don't forget, I Brad think Burke. the best – Bradbury. I was just going to say, that guy – we haven't had a cornerback like that in ages. So I'm just saying, he's done – listen, he's done a lot of bad things, no doubt about right. it. I'm not here to say that. But what I'm saying is – your analogy works in moving from a blue state to a neutral state. I think that's what's going to happen with Gettleman. You think if they win a division and you think the Marys are going to fire no, Gettleman? No, absolutely. Look, I right. think there's a good chance, even if they don't win the division, that he stays. Uh, so I, I was just kind of coming up with a, you know, a talk show kind of you know, devil's bargain type thing where you win the division at six wins, but you know, you know like you're, you're bringing up all the, the things that he's done well, and he has done a lot of good things here in the last year well, right? Coach, free agent right. signings, a couple of draft picks. 
but he hasn't been here for one year, right? I mean, he's been here for a while now. Right, but shouldn't you be marked on a, uh, an improvement grade? You know what I mean? Like, right, in other words, but the reason why it's improving like, is because the first two years were so horrible. I understand. I understand. But look, the other way was our previous general manager had knocked it out of the ballpark in the beginning when he first came out, and then he was horrendous after that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But when he knocked it out of the ballpark, he won a Super Bowl. No, I understand. Well, he also won the Super Bowl, too, because of – what uh, Ernie Acosi did too. Absolutely, no, I mean, right? No, yeah. but I mean that first draft. He, he. I mean that first year where where Reese was here. I mean every single draft pick that he had in that first draft played a role in that Super Bowl title. So I there's mean, no, I no get what you're saying. Him, but what happens is they kept him on way longer yes, than they should have because of that, and that yep. was the problem. Yep. No, I, I agree with you, and I'm not saying that uh, you know Jerry Reese didn't uh, benefit. And Chris, thanks for the call. Uh, didn't benefit from uh, you know the Ernie Acosi picks. That's fair. And Dave Gettleman walked into a very difficult situation because there wasn't a lot of talent here to begin with. Uh, but he didn't help the situation. And the approach that they had that first year of trying, and he had that first year of trying to, you know, we're not that far away. We just have to make a couple of tweaks here and there when it was really a, a complete rebuild situation that they would have approached it that way uh, rather than trying to win now with a lot of the deals that he made in that first year. Maybe the Giants would be a little further along in this rebuild. Uh, but no, I mean, he, he's gotten a lot of things right. And I think even if you don't win the division, there's a very good chance that Dave Gettleman's back because he did nail the coach. Uh, I'm not ready to say that he nailed the quarterback. That, that's a complete, I mean, that's a complete up in the air. I mean, there's, there's no way you can say that definitively one way or the other. I think it's still a major question. But I think that you take a look at his draft history. It's not been great. Uh, but there was a lot of things here in the last year. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, right? The free agent signings, the two guys that you really brought here in Martinez and Bradbury, they've been sensational. The coach is the right decision. The offensive line, which we've been trying to fix here, and they've been trying to fix for four or five years now, looks like it's, it's certainly more positive than it's been. That's for sure. Let's go to uh, Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, man? Good morning. Sounds like you had a good day. Your team looked very good. The defensive Excellent. line, but they have two, three sacks. They're, they're good. They're better than I know. You know, know what I like? I would like them to continue to get a touchdown before the offense even gets on the field. That I like that trade. If they could keep doing that, I'd feel a lot better about the team. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. But two is playing really in control. He had a couple that he got away with, but that's yes. Listen, the Chargers are snake bit. They can't get anything right. And the Giant game, I'll give you three things real quick. Iron Eagles call is brilliant. He, he's, a, he's terrific. He's uh, that Marv Albert family thing where they mm-hmm. can do any sport. You just stick them in. Terrific announcer. And um, the Giants, to me, the coach for sure, I think the quarterback's the real deal. This guy, he made a throw yesterday. I forget to who. Uh, the, the, maybe the kid that dropped the ball and maybe the little scat back. He made a call, a throw like a Manningham throw over one guy to the other in the, in the side. Yeah, that was the, to, the, the one to Slayton you're talking about? No, no, it wasn't to Slayton. The other oh. guy, that one of the running backs, I think. Well, maybe a Slayton. I don't know. Slayton dropped one. I think he was hanging around the tight end too much there. I got a little worried. But then he came up big. That was a great catch. He reacted to the ball. Giants' defense is good. The problem with the Giants is that their line has three rookies. And three rookies after X amount of games, if they keep playing, who knows? I won't go down that uh, rabbit hole. But if they keep playing, those rookies are going to probably hit a wall at some point. But he's shuffling them in. You notice that? He's shuffling yeah. four guys. Yeah, that's smart. That's really smart. I, really, you got a shot. you got a shot in your division. And, and the Patriots show that they're not done yet. 
That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I only watched the first half of that game, but uh, and Spike, thanks for the call. It's a that was a very puzzling game, and that was one of those games where I was thinking, you know what? I mean, how could the the Ravens? I think the line dropped down to like five or five and a half by game time. Maybe it was six. Uh, and you're thinking to yourself, the Patriots are terrible. The Ravens, they're going to go in there and all mop the floor with them. And that did not happen. So I got to go back on Game Pass and watch the second half of that game uh, and see how they were able to do that and how the Ravens were only able to, you know, put up what they were able to put up. Uh, very, very interesting game there. Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? So, so uh, you know, so, so this is what we're doing. Like, the Giants are beating garbage teams and, you know, they're – they're now like the up and coming. Now the Giants. Well, have I mean, their because coach. the division they play yeah. in, right? If they were playing in the no, NFC no, no, South. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now the division they play in makes sense. So, so, so when I call in last week, mm-hmm. yeah, when I call in, I say, you know what? Hey, you know the the Cowboys actually played very good with his other quarterback. You know. Uh, yes, but they already but have a quarterback, said, Lewis. That's a ridiculous yes, point. But, They're not going to stick no, 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 with Galbert, Gilbert Garrett, or Garrett no, no, Gilbert, no, 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 or no, no, Gilbert no, no, no. Godfrey, or whatever his part, name is, when Dak Prescott's healthy. That was, no, that was part of the conversation. My point was, what if they win the division? And you literally, you were like, are you on drugs? Like, because on, that's ridiculous. That I don't bad. care if they won the division. They're not going to stick with Gilbert O'Sullivan or whoever he is. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> that's fine. But the thing is, the thing is, I, I was trying to make a point of saying, yeah, in my start conversation. But and then my next point was like, they might win the division. You're like, no, they have a right to. You love you know, the, you love that you love that AAF football, and you you have this thing that this guy Gilbert Garrett or whatever his name is, uh, and, and that's why you're trying to concoct some situation where they're going to stick with them. They're not going. They might not win it another game see see and, and again you're hearing what you want to hear i said in my circumstances but that wasn't my point my point was hey with this guy they might actually have a chance to win a division and you went off on me saying hey you know they're, they're not gonna have, but they, they don't, don't it's they ridiculous don't they don't have a chance no think, they have I no chance they have z- this week i will run it through the algorithm and lewis thanks for the call. i'll run it through the al- the gordon damer show algorithm let me run it through you know what? i'll ask the magic eight ball the Magic 8-Ball's been sitting here, and the Jets had their bye week. Is this the first um, official use of the Magic 8-Ball? No, we've used it before. Uh, is it possible that the uh, – I'm sorry. Is it uh, – I'm sorry, Magic 8-Ball. Uh, please excuse me. Um, is it possible that the, uh, the Cowboys have any shot whatsoever? We're going back to the Regal Tumble. We only have one dramatic music bet. Uh, is it possible at all that the Cowboys have any shot whatsoever? Uh, in the NFC East this year. And it says, you know, I got this, uh, this Fugazi Magic 8-Ball where you got to really kind of tilt it to get the answer. Concentrate and ask again. Well, see, Magic 8-Ball, look, you got your one big shot on the big stage and you screwed it up. No, obviously, it's the, the answer is no. They have no shot. I don't know what, Lewis should not be driving. With his mental state like that, he should not be driving right now. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Now, we've touched on the Giants a lot. If you want to get in on them, the, uh, the, the devil's bargain that I'm offering you, you win the division. You win six games. But as a part of that, you are in the playoffs, and you'll get destroyed by whoever. Now, you probably wouldn't get destroyed, but you, you'll lose to whoever you play. Um, but if you do... Dave Gettleman is coming back. And, and look, this is not part of this devil bargain. You'd have to think it's a contract extension, right? Like you're saying that Dave Gettleman's going to be back here for the long haul. I think that he had a four-year deal when he got here. So you're not going to go into the final year. You have to give him a new contract extension. He's going to be running the Giants drafts moving forward. 
How do you feel? About, would you take that deal? So we'll get into that. Also, we've got to touch on some of this NBA stuff about are the Brooklyn Nets now going to go after James Harden? And I don't think we'll get to it completely today, but this article about the Knicks, if this is the Knicks mindset, then just forget it. Just subtract them from your mind forever. So we'll get into that briefly coming up. Oh, my goodness. So much stuff today. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. We're almost out of time already. Look, the thing about the Giants is having optimism about where you're at, and certainly with the coach, is justifiable. Even at 3-7, and seven, based on the division you're playing in. Uh, anyone, though, that's saying that, that Daniel Jones has proven anything so far, that, that's where the, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's reasonable optimism and then there's ridiculous optimism. To me, that would be a case of ridiculous optimism, thinking that Daniel Jones has proven anything so far. It's better. I like what I see. Two weeks in a row, no turnovers. But let's slow down on that. 3-7 and seven and the division, yeah, that's fair, especially because the Eagles look like such a mess. Speaking of mess, oh my gosh, James Harden to the Nets, please, Brooklyn, do it. Just lump three guys together. I'm sure it will work. I'm sure it'll be perfect. And let me ask you, is, is it possible Kyrie could be part of it? I would feel better about the deal if Kyrie were part of it going back to Houston. But I, look, can you make two guys work, those two guys? Yeah, probably. Those three guys? Because again, you could throw those three guys out there for the regular season. That's fine. The, the Nets' goal next year is not to win a bunch of games in the regular season. It's championship or bust. Speaking of bust, we're already out of time. We'll save the next stuff till tomorrow. Poop rankings tomorrow, and we'll see you at 5. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin up next, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.